0: Welcome to. You just done messed it up. (laughs) Hello, welcome to Gloom and Bloom. This is Christine. This is Taylor. That got real aggressive the second. I know somebody. Hello. (laughs) Well, hi. Now that we're off on the wrong foot here, how's everybody? We're gonna
1: start this out with a little ASMR. Oh yes. Hello and welcome to Gloom and Bloom
0: podcast. (laughs) Anyway. How are you, Taylor? I'm here. Yeah, I know. I just feel like it's barely not January anymore, and like nothing's going on. Everything's gross looking. Yeah, nothing's happening. No, nothing cool is going on except for my baby turned one. Oh yes, yeah. Do tell me about
1: it. Oh my gosh. Well, she's she's one. I'll have to <laughs> post some uh, pictures to my Instagram. And people can see, but she's so tiny. Uh, she's so teeny tiny, and she we did a little photo shoot with her. Aww. you saw the pictures. and um she hates she gets like very nervous of other people. She's mm. a big mama's girl. Mm-hmm. and so the literally the only thing that got her through the whole photo shoot is like i'd set her down on the ground and she'd keep trying to climb like crawl towards me and she'd be crying <laughs> and so i'd set her down and i'd turn on harry styles music for a sushi <gasps> restaurant and immediate grins
0: Aww. harry styles is the
1: <laughs> only reason we got through that photo shoot
0: he's same he's the only reason i made it through the grammys as well ooh right <laughs> but uh, she she had a good birthday she have a big birthday party with all of her bfs not yet so we're i mean she's one <sighs>
1: Well, I've done big birthday parties for my boys, mm-hmm. and I just think because it's winter, because my boys have summer birthdays, mm-hmm. and it's, it's so easy to like do something big that's outside, and you yes. can have as many people as you want. And for winter birthday, I'm like, I don't want a hundred people in my house. No, I love everybody, but I just it's too much.
0: I also hate everybody. So no,
1: I just love everybody.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding.
1: I hate everyone. No, I just um. I, like, get too overwhelmed by, like, hosting in my own space. I understand. And so I'm like, maybe we'll just do something smaller for, like, with family and a couple people. Right. But we're going to do it on, like, Saturday. And we're doing a small world themed. All my kids have had themed birthday parties for Disney.
0: Yes. Annan
1: had a... Jungle Cruise birthday. Perfect. He wore a skipper's outfit. I wore a skipper's outfit. <laughs> we had tiki torches everywhere. We grilled every single kebab that the Bengal barbecue serves. We <laughs> had a slip and slide down this giant hill in our backyard. Puns all around. Puns all over the place. We had a fake waterfall so people could go to the backside of water. <laughs> it was wonderful. Declan's was a Splash Mountain theme and we just did it as Splash Pad. Perfect, and then this is just gonna be a small world. The it's end. so perfect because she's small. She's so small. She's twenty. You guys, she's one year old, and she's still in like zero to three month clothes slash three to six month clothes. She's, she's teeny tiny.
0: It's like itty bitty baby. Yeah, when I saw her, I was like a little unnerved. I was like, whoa, she's like <laughs> a living Polly Pocket. Except for it's confusing to people because she has so
1: much hair. She does, and she has teeth, like tons of teeth. <laughs> So she looks like she should be a toddler, but she's Just teeny tiny. She it's fits very in the confusing. palm of
0: your hand. Yeah, so. Well, good. I'm glad she had yeah. a good day. Remember last year when we double recorded for like a million weeks in a row so you could have time off? That it was, was so wild. That, it's crazy that it was that long ago already. Worth it and now it's so far in the past. I know. Now when we have to double record, we're like, "Oh, what are we going to do?" I know,
1: which we're doing today. So, um we also had our live chat this weekend, Oops. which if you're a part of our Patreon, um sorry, you're never going to see it because <laughs> we forgot to record it.
0: But it was so fun.
1: It was so good. I probably will do something where, like, I just give you a brief summary of what we talked about because I feel like we touched on some important things. We did.
0: We had some really good combos. I know my sister was like, Oh, I haven't watched your thing from Saturday yet. And I was like, Well, and you never will. And you never
1: (laughs) will. And it was a fun conversation, but I do feel like there were a couple things. So maybe I'll like make a little video and I'll post it just like covering a few things. Yes,
0: give you a freebie. But when
1: we were doing that, even for those who aren't on Patreon, we always get some weird snacks to yes, eat. Yes, we
0: do. For yep, our murder, it's chats, called and murder
1: chats and snacks. And um I brought watermelon Laffy Taffy. It was horrible. Horrible. It was so disgusting cuz I was feeling nostalgic of the ones that had like the seeds on it and I remember those fondly. And oh my gosh, it's so bad. And we were eating some other candies with it, so I thought maybe that <laughs> It was a bad combo. I tried it again today just to test it out. Still bad. Still terrible. I was like, wow, I really don't like that. Like, I can't
0: even describe it. Like, Play-Doh, maybe? Yeah, it wasn't good. Mm -mm. But we were also eating conversation hearts. Yes. Which I like conversation hearts. They're good. I was telling Taylor they remind me of my sister who has a Valentine's Day birthday. I was like, conversation hearts remind me of Kim. What's up, Kim? Yeah.
1: I feel like I like a lot of the controversial candy, though.
0: Oh, yeah. You like candy corn. I like That's candy That's the corn. most offensive of I like all the corn. Tootsie Rolls? I, like tootsie I love rolls. Smarties. I don't... I wouldn't eat... it. I ate Smarties like a year I mean, ago and I got sick. Do I go buy them? No. But if I happen upon some, I'm mm. like, these are great. Like a candy dish with Smarties in yeah. it? Give me that. Yum, yum. I don't
1: eat a lot of candy, but mostly because I just like would rather grab the biggest bag of chips and down those in one hour flat big chip fan but if i have candy i'm like i always go for something fruity never chocolatey mm, i like chocolate and i love sour type candies but not warheads because
0: those <laughs> hurt my jaw <laughs> those are yeah they like hurt yeah they do hurt your jaw yes. like in your like throat i got some for our halloween candy this last year bad idea
1: and so my kids were loving trying them. Oh, yeah. And Anon keeps them in like a boss. He doesn't even make a <laughs> face, which is so confusing. Like, Are you and okay? so I kept telling my husband, I was like, why does he not even make a face? He's like, they're only bad for a second. So I was like, okay, me and you, we're doing one right now. <laughs> so we did it. He was fine. I literally was, was like, "Ah," oh, and I had to spit it out 15 different times. And he's like, you just have to keep going. And I was like, I can't. Like, it's making my mouth water right now talking about it. So it I'm like, so
0: if somebody kidnaps Jared and tries to torture him for information, he will never break. He will never break. If somebody kidnaps you, make you eat a warhead, you will break so fast. I will. I'll be like, I can't do it. I can't. Here's all the the atomic codes. I'll tell you everything <laughs> you need to know. <laughs> I was telling somebody, I used to get my eyelashes done, right? Like, yeah forever ago, I was like, if somebody wanted to torture me for information, all they would have to do is make me get my eyelashes done. It was my own personal hell. And you're like, but I'm doing it. It was uncomfortable. My eyes were red for like a week after because they're super sensitive. I had to quit.
1: I dare you. Mm -mm. I dare you to do the eyelash extensions that are so (sighs) full
0: that I sent you. (laughs) I know. We've seen them where they're so full. They're on the eyelash extensions on the top, their nose to their cheekbone yeah, and not a single...
1: Centimeter between them. No, and they're on the top and the bottom. Don't yes. you remember? Like her
0: eyes. I was like,
1: they oh, look like they red. hurt so bad. They're bright red. It's so bad. So, anyway, it was kind of a random tangent, but. Yes, yeah, sorry about that. Weird candies. Mm. Always fun. Thank if you, for you have a weird candy you love, I would love to hear what your favorite weird candy is because...
0: I know. I'm trying to think. My only candies that I even will choose are the Albanese gummy bears. Oh, those are so good. So soft. Mm-hmm. That's like the only candy i And I'll they're really great eat. flavors. Yeah, they're good. Yeah. I just like the original though. Yeah, no. But I mean they like... Have like the tropical ones or something. I can't Yeah, remember. I haven't tried those. They're okay. But I
1: feel like even like compared to other gummy bears that are like the same flavors, they like are more flavorful and more soft, and so it's just like the better
0: Mm -hmm. choice, you know? And I love me some Cadbury eggs, which are out right now. Yeah, see, I love those, but I eat
1: them like (laughs) – I eat them in very minimal quantities. I just – I'm not a chocolate person. You know those like chocolate advent calendars? Yeah. Jared's mom gets them for all of us every year, and I'm like, it's too much – and Jared's like, "What are you talking about? It's one tiny square a day." And I'm like, <laughs> can't "I can't. It. It's too much chocolate." Can't hang. So like, I would like. It takes me forever to finish it.
0: <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> You're not one of those who breaks them all open, eats them all the first day. Definitely not. <laughs> I don't know. If it was a chip calendar. Oh my gosh. It would be game over. No. I would love a chip advent calendar. <laughs> Who makes that? We do. Yeah, We and Gloom and Bloom have a chip advent calendar. It's just one chip in every, every pocket. <laughs> You're it's like, like in, this a, in a Ziploc bag. <laughs>
1: I think we need to We've sell made these it on ourselves. Our website.
0: <laughs> We're like, here's one Cool Ranch Dorito. <laughs> But don't worry, we wore gloves and a hairnet when we prepackaged
1: all of these for. And two. then, as I'm like, we'll do like a little ad for it, and I'm like putting it in, but then I'm like licking my fingers <laughs> off before grabbing <I'm> another. <laughs>
0: Why do I love this so much? It's just all the different flavors of Doritos, and it's like a guess every day. There are so many flavors. There are, there are, but you have to guess every day. Like Oh, gosh. I don't know. Sweet chili lime. That's, I love the sweet, sweet, spicy chili. Oh, I haven't tried those. They're the purple ones. Mm. You you brought some the other day, but we didn't Salsa eat them. Salas Verde. Yeah, those are your faves? Yeah, I love them. They're like
1: just spicy enough. Nice. But I love...
0: I'd like to see. Them we in an know, know that I love flaming hot. So, no, no, you so. do, you do love that. Yeah, just like one flaming hot Cheeto in the whole thing. Which is <laughs> like the tiniest nugget of a flaming hot Cheeto in a Ziploc. But you know what? The worst day is the day you get a Frito. Oh, disgusting! That will. That's like a battle. Have you tried to start the no, I. they look so foul. They look foul. so scary to me. I've never <laughs> tried them. Either. I know. Jocelyn likes them so occasionally, and I'm like, N- no. You need to give them just one taste. If it doesn't end with Edo, I won't have it. Cheeto, Frito, T- Dorito, T- Dorito, Taquito, Pringo, Pringo. <laughs> Millie loves that. The sour cream and onion Pringles. I'm so. gonna, I'm gonna make this happen this year. I like this idea. Would is it for like Halloween? A- is it a Halloween advent <gasps> calendar? Cute. like scary chips. Yeah, they have like spooky names, all of them. Oh my
1: gosh, can you We're even this imagine? is we're
0: giving birth to a gorgeous idea, here. you guys.
1: The first merch
0: you'll get from us is a weird
1: <laughs> one chip a day calendar, <laughs> homemade, homemade <laughs> on a poster board. <laughs> Made with like like, like, sharpies (laughs) poster board. (laughs) This is the dumbest thing we've ever talked about. This is the best. (laughs) We've been sorry, I'm just gonna keep going. (laughs) 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 We've still been watching White Lotus. Oh yes. Are you still in the first season? Uh yeah. No, we're on the second. Oh, okay. We have to discuss off the air. No spoilers, but so good. But I, I was cracking up at Jennifer Coolidge because she's just like so insecure (laughs) and such a clinger. And sometimes I feel like that. I feel like I'm a clinger. I love when she bursts into tears. Yes, her
0: crying is so spectacular. I love her so much. I love it. I love it. So there's a new movie with uh, Jennifer Lopez, Josh Duhamel. Yum! It's called A Shotgun Wedding. Okay, And uh, she, I think she's the mother-in-law, Jennifer Coolidge. She's in it. Oh, is she? Yeah, it's on Netflix. I wanted to watch it the other day, but Todd vetoed it. But uh, it looks funny. Rude. It's like about a wedding, a destination wedding, and the whole wedding gets taken hostage. <gasps> that sounds wonderful. That's all I know about it. I'm in for that. I know. And Jennifer Coolidge is there. I'm there. So good. <laughs> but yeah, I'm
1: enjoying it. Well good, but I always love the guess of like who's who's going down,
0: who's dying, who's who's not here in the end. You know, and like Italy, I need to go. I've been to Sicily. It makes me want to go back. Is it just as dreamy as they're making it seem?
1: I mean, I don't know. I saw that creepy dead girl in the catacombs there,
0: so Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. So now we need to go even more. Yeah. I wanna say whatever hotel that is, it's gorgeous. It's beautiful. Is the white lotus a real thing or is it not a real thing? I think thing? it's fake. But mm, well. Maybe, maybe not. Fine. Don't listen to me about mm. it. Yes. Um, okay, so i you know how I never ever cry. Ever. Never. I teared up and had a tear come down my eye this morning. I was reading a book. <gasps> of course. And it got me. So I wrote it. I wrote Feelings 2023. <laughs> First book that made me cry: Bittersweet Memories by Aww. Catherine Mara. Is that what it is? Anyway, was it because they didn't get off in the end? It was like, yeah, they never had orgasms, and it was so <laughs> sad. <laughs> no, yeah, it's by Cat, Cat. Oh, Katrina Mara. But the premise was the beginning. Both the main characters. Both fell into poverty and homelessness, uh-huh. and it made me cry because my mom grew up in like extreme poverty, and it just kicked me right in the guts. Did The Greatest Showman make
1: you cry? Because that made me cry when they were like, "No,
0: oh, never. okay, wow, well. not that, not that." Poverty. I didn't care that much about that one, <laughs> but no, yeah, it was like that where you're like, "Well, we take so much for granted." Oh, totally. Totes. Oh. Wonderful!
1: If you guys don't know, Christine started a bookstagram. You should oh, I go did.
0: follow her. Okay, uh, yeah. So it's called uh, Red Smut Hut, and her <laughs> her bio says no one outsmuts the hut. <laughs> and then it says what you uh, I this is where I review books of considerable length. Yes. like from Akatar. That's how they describe a penis every time. So he, good. What like he stroked his considerable length. So if you're into smut books, yeah, head on over. I've been trying to come up with a smutty name for weeks and yes. it came to me at two in the morning. I was like, I was looking up famous uh logos or not logos, slogans, and one of them was Pizza Hut. And I was like, I've got it. I love <laughs> Nobody it. Nobody out pizzas the All hut. <laughs> of mine were just puns that I had for. I know, you. they were great. I'm like, I I can't be a serious name comer upper. I know. Yeah, a lot of them were great. Somebody uh told me that I should call it the Tickle Pickle review. Yes. And I was like, that's really funny, but I can't do it.
1: Well, we already have too much pickle content on this channel. Know, it's not a pickle podcast. Okay. We have so to steer keep away. So we the pickles here mm-hmm. and the hot dogs here. <laughs> and then <laughs> that is wieners. for other stuff. <laughs>
0: Right. What's a phallic shaped it's stuff absolutely it's <laughs> alarming yeah and someone was like you need to call it the smut slut and i was like i can't call myself a slut no i'm too much of a feminist to do that right if you identify as a slut though i mean like good for you yeah no totally i do a little bit but you know <laughs> a little <Not> bit publicly <laughs>
1: just privately, <laughs> just privately. <laughs> oh
0: my god anyways do you have anything else
1: Harry Styles' outfit at the Grammys. Yes!
0: Phenomenal! Uh, his little, what do they call it? Ooh, it's like a jumpsuit. His jumpsuit! His sleeveless jumper. I sent it to Taylor and I said, it's giving Freddie Mercury. And I can't handle how much I love it. <sighs> he has such a beautiful face. He's just great. And I like all He's the He's just tattoos. great all around. Yes, mm-hmm. love the tats. Well, and he got heckled. Apparently, which, what? Somebody yelling about Beyonce.
1: Beyonce has got to be so embarrassed, right? Not she's wonderful. By the way, if you didn't know, she won the most Grammys anyone's ever yep, won. Last she's like night. past the record. Yeah, like of her whole career, she's won more Grammys than anyone else. But so she's not doing badly, but right. apparently it's not like she, she keeps, keeps
0: getting snubbed. No, she
1: keeps getting drugged into these things. I know.
0: it's such a problem. I know. Everyone I would be like, the beehive is too not. chaotic. Oh my gosh, seriously. What are um, Harry Styles fans called? I wonder. I actually don't know. St- Style heads? I don't know. <laughs> Harry. Harry Styles. <laughs> <laughs> Just That's his name. name. That's his name. Yes. <laughs> He's like, I am a Harry Styles. Oh, I'm oh. trying to yank out my thing over here. <laughs> 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 um, the only other
1: thing I have to talk about is uh, this week, my my mom tried to show my grandpa our podcast. Oh, yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, it just happened to be the episode where Christine was talking about dildos over and over again. (laughs) And then, so she turned it down for a little bit. She's like, there were three mentions of dildos. It was... A bit much and then she got brave again and she turned it back up and I was talking about gladiator sweat being drink and so people could be hot and horny. And, <laughs> and grandpa's like, This is wonderful. Yeah, he's like, This is so nice that she does this <laughs> So what's your grandpa's name? Kenneth. Kenneth. Yeah. I don't think he'll listen again, but uh- I doubt it. Kenneth. He doesn't
0: even have a cell phone, so. Oh, bless his heart. Yeah. Did you know my brother's name is Kenneth? Oh,
1: yeah. He just goes
0: by Kenny. Right. Is your grandpa Kenneth? People call him Kenneth. I think just Ken. Ken. Yeah. Yeah. Kenneth is like, it feels like a mouthful, but really it's not. No. You know what's a mouthful? My name. Because it has nine letters. When Millie wants, Millie's like, how do you spell Christine? And I'm like, ugh, just write mom. Mom. It takes, takes too long. Just write Christ. <laughs> yeah, just write Christ. Because like, even though it doesn't have that many syllables, like Josephine yes. has like the same amount of letters as mine, but it seems longer, right? Totally. No. Christina's has far too many letters. Oh my gosh. I'm just, I'm petitioning to change my name where there's no vowels, just consonants. Like you'll just, get it. I just wish you had my last name with your first name. Oh my name. gosh. Can you imagine how Stuart. many are in your last name? Ten. <laughs> <laughs> I had to count. There are far too many. Well, when I was a cox, it was amazing because I had this crazy long first name. My last name was like meh, Yeah. C O X. Why didn't you ever just go by CC? I don't know. Nobody ever called me that. But CC Cox. C-C-C- CC. C C like a c C Dog Run. CC Cox.
1: C C Cox.
0: C Cox. Stand. <laughs> but they were also my mother's initials, so I don't think it would have worked nah. cuz she's then Todd's mom also has a C initial, mm-hmm. so my girl's all have a middle C initial. Oh yeah. Boom. So badass. I love it. C's all around. Love it. Oh, okay. Anyways, are you ready? <sighs> I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> How long have we been talking? For 20 minutes. <laughs> and we were probably talking for 20 minutes before I was like, "Kate, we have to start recording." About Chips. <laughs> Twenty chip. minutes of chip, chip content. Advent calendars. Okay. My turn, right? Yes? Yes. Okay. <laughs> this week we're talking about a husband who is no good and he hired someone he to kill his wife. Okay, oh, okay, okay. What were you saying? <laughs> no good and bad <laughs> he probably was that too. this is the crime of a century <laughs> he was so bad at it <laughs> they put him in jail because of it she had all the proof she needed and he got put away
1: <laughs> they're like this is
0: wow you are exceptionally bad this at is this really bad <laughs> this is a crime against humanity yeah. Get to jail. You can't be out on the streets We like can't that. have you. You're a menace to society, <laughs> to women in general. Yes. Okay, my nose itches. Okay, so uh, we're talking about her name was Susan. What's her last name? Scratch that. Powell? Powell? <laughs> yes. You're telling the Susan Powell story. <laughs> have you then? ever heard of it? No. Okay, so the article I read for this is called Susan's husband hired a hitman to kill her, but there was only one survivor... Her. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yes. So we start off with a 911 call and he says, the neighbor says, we have an intruder next door. The intruder was in a bedroom with a hammer and the woman who lives here thinks she may have strangled him. He was down when she left. And they said, can you put her on the phone? And then he says, she's bleeding. And he says, does she need an ambulance? No, she's a nurse, but she says to call an ambulance for the guy. He may be dead. Uh-oh. That was from a 911 call in Portland on September 6th, 2006. Mm. So, on the evening of S- September 6th, 2006, 51-year-old emergency room nurse left the Providence Hospital in Portland, the medical center. Um, She went to a salon before heading home. Oh, yeah. She went to a place called the Perfect Look Hair Salon. And while she waited for her turn, she read a poem in a magazine from Oprah magazine. Ooh. And it said, quote, I will not die an unlived life. Um, and then it ended with, I will not live in fear. She soon came to realize how instructional those words would be. Whoa. Just later that day. Okay. Who knew? So poor Susan. She had not witnessed, she hadn't been able to see what happy marriages looked like growing up. Her father was an Air Force cook and her mother was a homemaker. They separated when she was only in second grade and life was chaotic and the children moved to Cal- Colorado and then Arizona, then California and then Nevada. So they've just like all over the place. constantly revolving doors of friends and schools and parents. It sounds like Totally. She says that her parents loved her, but they couldn't teach her how to have a successful marriage any more than they could teach me how to fly. Oh. I really like Susan. She has some great one-liners. Seriously. So she became a practical nurse and then a registered nurse, and she moved to Oregon in the early 80s. Um, She was outgoing and vivacious. She was, like, loud, boisterous. So, like, people would be like, she's too much, when really... She's me. She's Taylor, (laughs) and she's just the right amount. Oh, I love it. And she loved going to comedy clubs where she would just, like, laugh her butt off in the front row. I love it. She just lived a fun life. So, in 1988, a friend and and Susan's mother, they both paid for her to take out an ad in the Willamette Week newspaper. So, she wrote that she was, quote, someone different... Hmm. So it was only a 65-word ad. And it said that she was 33, overweight, but not over life. And she was seeking uh, a male who wants more out of a relationship than just slender. And so yeah. then she received a reply back that said, because she said that she was someone different. And he said, hi, different. My name is Mike. I'm a 39-year-old male male. And I enjoy m- most things in nature from wandering the ape caves at St. Helens, Mount St. Helens, um to walking the beach at sunset. I don't want anyone to
1: introduce themselves as a 33-year-old male.
0: <laughs> Hi. I'm a 33 33- I'm
1: George, a 33-year-old male human being. I'm
0: like, wow. Wow. Thanks for clearing that up for me. Thank you for that. So she spoke with him. His name was Mike Knutson. They spoke on the phone. And um, it's stupid. All these, they're stupid. The whole story, we're done. This whole story is dumb. (laughs) It's like she doodled in with a red ballpoint pen in her notebook while on the phone. Why is that important? Why are we including that? Because it, what time was this?
1: (laughs) When was
0: it? 88. That's it what you did in the 80s. It was the Lisa Frank yes. <laughs> planner. She opened up her dolphin Lisa Frank planner. <laughs> okay, so they spoke on the phone many times before they actually met. They spoke on the phone for over 100 hours before they met. This was a prime uh, catfishing time, though. Yes. Mm-hmm. Catfishing over a uh, newspaper. Yeah. Super retro. Totally. Vintage. I love it. Mm-hmm. So she says that he had a very nice voice and she was impressed and wanted to talk that he wanted to talk about deeper things. So they went on their first date in February 1988. They met at a Crystal Springs rhododendron garden and they fed ducks and they tossed unsalted peanuts to squirrels. Why so much detail? Why
1: unsalted? And what is rhododendron?
0: I think it's a plant or a flower. Rhododendron. This one's going to be so disappointed in me. Oh my gosh. He will be. (laughs) He'll like probably, he might even divorce you. You're probably sleeping on the couch tonight. Oh, oh, it's beautiful. Is it a flower? Yeah. It's like a flower. That's like a cluster of flowers. Gorge. Beautiful. That's where people, makes people fall in love. Mm -hmm. So Mike and Susan, uh, they were married in Reno, Nevada. And actually, that's where their honeymoon was. I was like, why in Reno? Why not go all the way to Vegas? Romantic. Have you ever been to Reno? No. So romantic. Yeah. They call it the Paris of Nevada. They really do. (laughs) The most romantic city in Nevada. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So there's a place called a Glitter Strip of Casinos. And it was great because uh, Mike loved playing the slots. So Mm -hmm. that was their honeymoon. Uh, So she was just there. He's like, we're going on a honeymoon because I like to play slots. You can like hang out by me. And she's like, amazing. I'm so happy. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so like she advertised in her thing when she was looking for him, she says, if you're seeking a fun, bright, funny lady who is adventurous enough to advertise, please apply. So post-nuptials, their their honeymoon phase was very short-lived. She says it wasn't long after we were married that there was no more hiking and no more going out. Hmm. So he kind of like flipped a switch on her. So Mike, he grew up in Portland and he was adopted as a newborn um, to a couple in their 30s. And he told Susan that he had seen combat in Vietnam, but she had doubts about that now. So military records list him as a switchboard operator. Okay, okay. Which he just yeah. goes on to prove that later he's a liar. <clears throat> Within a few years of the wedding, Mike got a new job as a janitorial supervisor at Oregon Entertainment, which is like an adult fantasy video place. Okay. Cool. Cool. Um, and he started slowly revealing to her that in their early years that he had never really been happy. So she says that his life philosophy was life is a shit sandwich, and every day you take another bite until you die. Oh, <laughs> so he's got a really positive outlook. People love being around him, you know. Yeah, they're like, Which, wow.
1: On this subject, mm-hmm. in the first season of White Lotus, when uh, Steve Zahn describes sex with your wife after so many years as a fear factor episode eating worms. <laughs> <Yes>. I died. <laughs> it's like it's like eating a bowl of worms and you just have to get it down. <laughs> yeah, he sucked. Okay. Oh! <laughs> I forgot about that. Amazing.
0: <laughs> So he began questioning her movements whenever she would leave the house. He was, like, monitoring her really closely, questioning her about where she was going, how much she was spending. Mm -hmm. So the couple, they never had any children. And Susan was fine with that because Mike, he was a chain smoker, and he also guzzled Diet Coke and hounded Susan about her plans when she went out. Uh, Yeah, and I just loved that they specifically brought up that he – so they said that this is another quote. He chain-smoked and he drank Diet Coke and was depressed. And I was like, I love that they specifically cited Diet Coke. Like, that was a sure sign of depression. Yeah. As if like, I don't drink a quart of it a day. I mean... <laughs> Am I am I depressed? Uh, I'm not saying I'm not I'm not, not depressed. Saying that they're not linked. <laughs> they very well could be. Correlation, not you know causation. What? Back up off of me, okay? Lay <laughs> off me. I'm starving for diet coke. I'm starving. <laughs> so finally, marriage is bad. They've been married for like 13 years. So on Sept- in September 2005, Susan told Mike to leave. She said that she wanted to be happy again. Uh, but she didn't realize that is that after the period of leaving a partner who has a tendency towards domestic violence and control mm. is the most dangerous time.
1: Oh, no. Which
0: I feel like we know that. True yes. crime people know that because we hear so many cases like totally. this. So, Yeah. So there is the fear of what he will do when he finds out that you have left or the fear that he will carry out a threat to harm you, your children or others, or I feel that he will carry, fear that he will carry out the threat to commit suicide if you leave. So this is just like statistically what happens a lot of times when a spouse leaves yeah. the abuser. So she leaves the salon after she reads this Oprah quote about how I will not live, I will not die an unlived life or she will not live in fear. So then she's like, i Feeling myself. I just got my hair did. Yeah. I just finished work. I'm a nurse. I probably saved like 45 people's life. I don't know. So then she goes home. Yes. Okay. So an hour later, she drives home with her new hair color. So she sent something. She's wasn't, a new woman now. Yeah. She's a woman. Hear her roar is what yes. she was saying. So she knew something wasn't right when she walked in her house because she immediately suspected, expected that her estranged husband was in the house. Mm-hmm. cuz he had moved out but so she returned home and she's still in her scrubs and she was wondering like why her bedroom down the hall was so dark cuz she always opened the curtains in the morning and she's like I yeah. wouldn't have left those shut like that's not my routine. It's too
1: suspicious. Right.
0: Yeah. So then she found a note from her husband Mike in the mudroom saying that um he was going away for a while to the beach. And she thought nothing of it because it had been a year since he moved out. So she was like, why are you writing me a note? Seriously. So he had. It was like folded up like 90s style. Yes. With said, tab that said pull here. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Uh, me and my sister actually just folded a note like that. Cause I was telling my girls about it. I don't even remember it. how. Oh, it took me a minute, but I remembered. I need to like look up tutorials yes, on how to fold the fancy. Old my sister shows. folded the one that was like the one that you do like one, two, three, four. And oh, then I can do that. It. See, I couldn't, I can't do that one. I can only do the pull here one. I'm curious. Cause apparently some people call them fortune tellers. Do you call them oh, a fortune teller? I don't call it anything. I call oh, it, I don't we, know what it is. We would call
1: them cootie catchers.
0: Oh, I've heard that. Yes. Yeah. So it's just funny. I'm glad you know how to catch them cooties. (laughs) Okay, so he had moved into his father's house, but she had never changed the locks or the alarm code. Not smart. So he had no right to be in her home, but he apparently got it all set up for what's about to happen. Mm -hmm. So she's looking around and she noticed that the curtains that she had opened that morning had been drawn shut and her bedroom door was also shut, which she's like, that's not what I do. Yeah. And she also said that she's thinking it was odd Okay, so when she opened the door to her bedroom, she was met by a filthy, long-haired, bearded stranger with a hammer in his hand. So he, like, lunged at her. He was wearing, like, yellow dishes gloves. What? Rubber gloves. They're, like, up to the elbow. Yes, holding a hammer. And so Susan, she, like, hoped that her self-defense training that was mandatory at the hospital uh, for, like... She just hoped it would kick in instinctively. And she knew uh, to keep him close to prevent him from swinging the hammer. And uh, so the classes, we should take some classes. We should. I just think we should should. host some classes. (gasps) Yes, that would be so fun. Have a meetup where we go to a kickboxing place or something. Oh my gosh. And then we hand out chip advent calendars on the way out. It's a goodie bag. We. If you're in for this idea, say hi on our latest <laughs> Last week. Last week mm-hmm. we said
1: if you know what the fuzzy worms are called, <laughs> say, say I know I worms. I know worms and someone did, and it made you made our whole life. Yes, you you did. made my I was smiling like, about it for
0: days. <laughs> she knows worms. <laughs> she knew about it. Hey, that video was dazzling. It was. <laughs> I'm still confused how they work. I still have no recollection of those worms. Someone commented and said, I had one of those, but I could never get it to work the same way. Oh, man. Yeah. Okay, so this man, his name was Edward Haffey. He was a 59-year-old person. He had a lengthy criminal record. He had worked as a custodian at the same adult video store under the husband Michael's supervision. He was addicted to crack, and he was desperate for money and would do anything to get his hands on some. So, she, her husband had paid him $50,000 to kill her in a murder-for-hire scheme. Oh, my gosh. So, on that night in September, the Haffy was his last name. He looked her in the eyes and smiled and slammed the hammer into the side of her head. Oh, my gosh. He hit her over and over again, and blood was just, like, pouring out of her no. skull. No. So, she realized that this wasn't a burglary and that he was there to kill her. She like put all the pieces together very quickly. That's terrifying. Yeah. So she fought for her life in their bedroom, but she said that she felt like a really strange calm because she had worked as an emergency room nurse for 30 years, disarming injured men, cracking people's chests to perform heart massages. And then I wrote, mm, sounds relaxing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> my heart could really use a massage. Like, right oh, now. My heart is like
0: so sore. It's a little a stressed out. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> he worked these knots out of my heart. Uh, And she was like administering IVs to patients who were like thrashing around from drug withdrawal. So she and other nurses, they all took these classes that we talked about. Yeah. And they learned how to get out of headlocks and out of people's clutches. So she was like prepped and primed for this. So then she says, one minute you think you're a regular person in the world and then you're not. Totally. (laughs) So she was only five foot four. She was five feet, five inches shorter than the man who was attacking her. She had two bad knees from repeated surgeries and excess weight, but she outweighed her attacker significantly. So she was hoping to push him over. So she slid. that she slammed her body up against his, but he didn't fall. Instead, he pushed her back against the pink-hued walls of her bedroom, and he uttered the words to her, you're strong. (laughs) Oh my gosh. And she says that, that that phrase sent surges of adrenaline through her. And uh, he like sent her a positive affirmation. <laughs> She's like, you,
1: yeah, I'm strong. It's like, you're strong. She's like, I'm strong. <laughs> and then I
0: wrote, Go, Susan. Yes, I love it. Powered um, her up. Right. Okay. So, yeah, like I said, she crowded her attacker, knowing that if she stayed close to him, the swings of his weapon would be less powerful than if he was further away from her, mm-hmm. right? Physics. So uh, she grabbed the hammer out of his hands and hit him over the head, and she started choking him, oh screaming in his face, who sent you? I was yes. Like, I was like, how shitty of an assassin is he? that He's just like, what? You took my weapon so so fast. Totally. So she says that his cheeks started turning purple. And so then she uh, panicked and just bolted for the door. But she was too slow. And he grabbed her back and punched her in the face and stood over her with a hammer. And she said that she was sure that she would die. And I was like, yeah, I would just accept that. That would be terrible." I'd be like, shit, I tried. Totally. But um, so she forced him down to the floor alongside her. And the two of them were like jammed in a narrow hallway. And she began biting him. Oh my god. Which I'm like, if you're fighting, like you fight dirty. Oh yeah. You do whatever you have to do. I would totally bite So someone. it said that she even bit through the zipper to his genitals. <gasps> At the same time, she tried to rifle through his pockets looking for an ID that she could toss under a bed or a chair or a dresser so police would find it later mm-hmm. and know who the attacker was. Totally. She says not gonna search a whole room as he's right. running out. So then this is my favorite line of hers. She says, I was downed I was like a down power line snapping on the pavement. She was like, just like a snake. I love that description. Yes, I love it so much. Um, So she she said that the fight had to have lasted at least 14 minutes. Oh my God. That that is is so so long. long. That's so long. It is so long. So they were both wedged on their sides in this narrow hallway. I mean, have you ever done... A hit workout? That's what it's 14, reminding me. Yes. But for 14 whole minutes. It's true. No. You're, you're absolutely right. So they're wedged in the hallway. She throws her legs over his body and climbs on top of him. And she hooked her left arm around his neck. And they were squabbling on the floor over the hammer. She was hit in the head with the claw part of the hammer. And then she got on top of him. And she's still asking him. She says, like, I'll, like, basically, she's like, tell me who sent you. And I will call you an ambulance. Cause he had like wounds and she was choking him. Yeah. And he, she said that he didn't give a response. He just like growled and he said nothing. So Ew. she tightened her forearm against his throat until he stopped moving <laughs> and his body went limp. And so then she got up and hauled ass to the neighbor's house. Yeah, And that's when the 911 call happened oh my saying we have an intruder. He was in the bedroom with a hammer. Uh, she's bleeding she's a nurse he says was did he have anybody with him and they she they said no but she is concerned that it may have been her ex-husband who sent this person yeah because she's freaking smart she's putting it all together really fast then the dispatcher asks have there been any problems with her ex-husband and the neighbor says she did talk to mike her ex-husband and asked him to house sit the cats and he said he couldn't do it. And he was on his way to the beach. He left her a note and he knows the alarm codes. And so they said, okay, that's good information. We'll pass that along to the officers. So her horrifying encounter fits pattern because in Oregon, one in four homicides is involving an intimate partner. Yeah. I mean, it's probably everywhere, honestly. Totally. Um, So the man was identified as Ed Hathy. And he had, in his system, crazy high amounts of cocaine. Oh, my god. Like they said, almost overdose amounts. That's lethal scary. amounts. So uh, he was quickly linked to the husband, Mike. The day after the attack, Susan's friend, Helen below uh accompanied her to the house to collect her belongings. And she said, Susan, there's a backpack in your basement that I don't think it's yours. So the police hadn't noticed the backpacks, the backpack cuz it was like in a cluttered basement where there was just like kind of crap everywhere. So inside was a container of Hershey syrup, <laughs> $200 in cash, diabetes pills, a day book and a pay stub made out to Haffy, the 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 attended intended murderer. Yeah. And it was uh, an entry for September 4th, 2006, where it was marked, Call Mike, which is her husband's name. And a manila envelope listed Mike's new cell phone number. Oh my gosh. So it's like, evidence.
1: Yeah. Just- Why would he bring that with pretty him? Pretty little bow. what's the Hershey's syrup? What's that about? What is that about? I got you questions. You took that in your murder backpack?
0: <laughs> what was the plan, Ed? It, Ed? To lick it off the, the floor? Her body? Her body. Yeah, were you going for Sundays after this? Were you uh, tasked with bringing the syrup to the party? (laughs) It's like the magic shell. (laughs) (laughs) The hard shell? Yeah.
1: I love that stuff. (laughs) Just a strange addition. Right.
0: Okay, so... uh, So, Haffey, he had been released from jail just a couple years before this on another offense, another murder... So, court records revealed a gruesome crime 15 years earlier. So, in 1991, he arranged the murder of his ex-girlfriend, a 39-year-old G- Georgia Dutton, and her decomposed body was later found along a river. So, he pled guilty to charges of conspiracy to commit murder, aggravated murder, in 1994, and he spent nine years in prison in Oregon. But then he was released in 2003. Wow. Like, how do you, what? What? So he just shouldn't have been released from prison. No. But he was. So that's when he started. He needed a job. And he found one when he started working for the fantasy adult video. He was a uh, sweeping the floors was his job Ooh. there. That's where I met Mike. And Mike's like, I, I, I have this ex. And he's like, oh, I had an ex. He's like, I know how to do things. Oh, gosh. So, yeah. And Mike offered him $50,000 to, to kill his wife. It's terrible. So, but then he himself ended up dying from strangulation at Susan's hands. So, uh, financial records later reviewed show that the day of the attack, Mike drove his gold dodge neon to the coast, like he said, checking into Lincoln City Inn because he was like securing his alibi, telling her, I'm going to the beach. Yeah. Going to the beach, actually. Um,. He's like me. No, I wasn't here. I was beaching. Yes. So then he returned to Portland that night. He spent three hundred and thirty-nine dollars on a Magnum revolver, so at a, from a pawn shop. So he left a suicide note at his father's house saying, "All I ever wanted was to be loved, and every time I had it, I, I effed it up." And then he left. So they put an APB out for him. And so the sheriff's office eventually caught up with him and they stopped him in a parking garage at a medical center where he claims to be checking himself in for having suicidal thoughts. Mm. And he says, I have nothing to live for anymore, he told the officers. And they put him in an involuntary psychiatric hold for 11 hours later, he was arrested for conspiracy to commit murder. I have transcripts from when he was arrested. The officer says, at this point, what I'd like to do is re-Miranda- rise you your Miranda rights and he says you're not going to believe my side of the story and the officer says why is that i haven't heard your side of the story he says my side of the story is so effing off the wall what yeah and so he the, the authorities didn't buy his pleas for innocence or his alibi that he had been at the beach so he lost his job's weeks Oh, sorry. He'd lost his job weeks earlier and he had no place to live. Susan had named her brother the beneficiary of her life insurance policy and Mike knew it, but Mike and Susan had paid off their house Then mm. it was worth about $300,000 and the house would be his if Susan died. Totally. So he's like, I know how to fix my problem. So at the time of his arrest, detectives already had employment records from the fantasy adult video proving that the murderer and the husband knew each other. Yeah. So um, he denied that. He's like, I don't know him. I didn't do it. Just because I know the guy didn't mean I had anything to do He's with it. He's just really protective of me. <laughs> I barely know the guy. Right. And there were no signs of forced entry into her home. Yeah. And the security records show that somebody disabled the alarm. And she was at work, so obviously who else does it leave, you know? Yeah. Not everyone knows that code. Yes. Um so Mike was imprisoned, even though he pled guilty to soliciting the murder. Um he says that he only issued the guilty plea to reduce his sentence. And so he was set to be released on September 14th, 2014. But so they had to they were like reducing prison numbers like whatever so his it was he was letting getting let out on good behavior Mm. but he never showed remorse and maintained his innocence and said that he was just a victim of an unhappy marriage but luckily he never got to be free because he died in june 2014 three months before he was due to be released ah it's like that is some karmic justice goodness yeah um okay but where is susan now so now she goes by susan walters and she's never been the same since this happened. Can, can I can you imagine. Can you believe it? No. So she filed for divorce the day after he was arrested. She braced herself. The once bubbly, daring uh, lady now felt like a. she says she felt like a broken plate glued back together. She sat in restaurants with a view of the door and she changed her driving route frequently so to make sure she wasn't being followed back to her house. She was just like paranoid now because yeah. she's like, how is he going to hire somebody to kill me from prison? Totally. So now she lives with the horrible understanding that her husband hated her enough to kill her and that he was only after money from the house, which uh, she lived knowing that... She lives with the knowledge that she's only alive because another man is dead and this a stranger to her, someone who was motivated by greed and poor intentions. So then, mm. she's feeling really guilty about killing someone, I'm sure. So she got a letter from the hitman's aunt saying, Although this was a terrible thing that happened, no one in this family has any bad feelings towards you. You did what you were forced to do, and in doing so, you spared many from the same trauma you experienced. Yeah. So they're like, yeah, he wasn't a good guy. She says, I'm doing a life sentence for picking a bad husband. Um, But one thing remains clear. She says, I didn't choose death. I chose my life. Yes. Mm -hmm. She says, if you feel like, wow, I don't think I could do that. She said, you can. You're way stronger than you know. I'm sure that's true. Snaps. I get so nervous because, I don't know. And obviously, people go into
1: like this fight or flight. But I always feel like I would just be like,
0: I'm done. Freeze. <laughs> I don't know what to do. Yeah. Oh, flight is my go-to and I wouldn't be fast enough. Yeah. Um. Okay. So as preparation for her, her husband's release because he was supposed to be released in 2014, she relocated to a new Portland home in like a super secluded cul-de-sac. She put gravel all around her house allowing yeah. to hear footsteps or cars or anybody coming up close. That makes sense. She went to a nearby shooting range to get brush up on her gun uh, skills she says, if he came here, he was not going to get close enough to hurt me. Good. Yep.
1: I wouldn't trust him either. That would be so stressful.
0: Yeah, seriously. So, yeah, Michael never admitted his guilt. He claimed to, uh, da, da, da. Yeah, so he just basically, till the end of his days, he said that he was the victim here. Mm, poor, so, anyway, that's guy. that's Susan. Why can't I remember the last name? It's so long. That is the story of Susan. Story of
1: Susan. (laughs) Hang on. Why can't I find
0: it? Hang on. I would need to have it for the sound bite at the end here. Shit. I knew I should have written it down. Okay. That is the story of Susan Knutson. Oh, yes. The Badass Survivor. Mm-hmm. Boom. My sources were uh, a wweek.com article called, hang on, let's go to, A Hitman Came to Kill Susan Knudsen, and She Survived, He Didn't. Yeah. <laughs> by Beth Slavic, And then a mammamia.com article called Susan's Husband Hired a Hitman to Kill Her, but there was only one survivor. Her by Caitlin Bishop. And an NBC.com article called uh, Intruder Strangled by Nurse was a Hitman. Oh, my gosh. By Associated Press. Okay. Thank you. Amazing. And good night. Thank you so much for sharing
1: that. I love people who just, like, are so good at fighting back. And they, Mm -hmm. like, they go back to their training. And they're like, even people who haven't had training who
0: just are like, (laughs) I'm... not giving in to this yes i know like we were just talking about before we started recording about how your son went to swimming lessons went to swimming lessons and then panicked got in the water forgot everything he knew yeah and i was like you can't do that that's yeah. the whole reason i know so it's like amazing that she learned the skills and then they came in clutch she didn't absolutely. panic so oh my don't gosh. panic keep your wits about you absolutely think of massaging hearts if you feel scared i'm so proud channel of susan channel
1: the susan within yourself yes you know all right i am telling you the story today me of the cardiff giant have you heard of the cardiff giant
0: uh it's a statue right
1: no the no maybe i don't know actually <laughs> i don't know what it is let's find out together <laughs> Ooh, i
0: can't wait oh my gosh so no
1: i don't know did i write this story or no <laughs> is this fiction this is made up out of my own mind no. that's fun we can do that when we run out of stories in the future <laughs> i'm like anyway oh. i made this up once upon a time There was a girl. We take turns back and forth. (laughs) Yes. There was a super pretty girl. (laughs) Super pretty clothes. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Random side note. I found this TikTok of this little, tiny, no joke, like, four-year-old girl who wants to be, like, a fashion influencer, and she, look at this. You just have to see. She puts together all of her outfits, and she's so tiny. Oh. And it's torn on it. I think it's mm, She's so a like, She has a belt on. It's my time. She's it's so cute. Yep. Yeah. Oh, and she's wearing a beret. Yes. I was joking. I it's my mom. She's getting my wife. You have to make it she's to the end. My white look at how cute she is. And bracelet for my mailbox. Oh, my gosh. She's putting on a bracelet. This heart necklace I And I do it
0: the same way how you do it. She's putting on eyeliner. Yes. Oh, my gosh. It's winged. It's so good. Oh, and then she's filling in her eyebrows. Lip gloss. It's kind of a long video, but
1: it's so cute. I'm like, when you said there's a girl who had super pretty clothes, I was like, this reminds (laughs) me of this cute... And now
0: she's getting a tattoo. Angel baby.
1: Yes. Oh, she's so precious. Oh, I'll have to post one of her videos because she is
0: adorable. Yes, I'm influenced. Okay, I I should actually follow her because I don't know where to get my kids clothes. She'll probably tell me. Right? Absolutely. Okay, so...
1: In your mind's eye, mm. as you would say. On October 16th, 1869. That's a good year. Yep. William Newell, who was a farmer at the time, you know, just farming. Sounds like something you would do in 1869. What else is there? Yeah. He <laughs> was like, you know what I could really use around here at this farm? Water. Oh my God. How do I get water? It's necessary. If I don't have a well. Yeah. Right? Gotta go to the whale store. So, <laughs> Whale well store. Yep. So he hired two laborers named Gideon Emons and Henry Nichols to dig a well on the Cardiff farm. Okay? So Cardiff is, I think, a town. Okay. But this is the farm in Cardiff. Okay. Okay? So they end up digging, and they hit stone around three feet down. I mean, that's pretty deep. Yeah, it is. And when they start clearing the soil, as you do, they recognize the shape of a foot. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah. Well, they had to figure out what this was, obviously. Like, what the hell? Why is there a stone foot down here? Yes. In a farm. (laughs) So they dug some more, and they ended up uh, unearthing the figure of a 10 foot tall man. Whoa. It's what is too that? Too many
0: feet that's tall. That's too
1: many feet. I mean, I've seen some pretty tall, like basketball players, and I don't even think they're 10 feet, but that's like. You saw insane. that one at Disneyland. I did. I wonder how tall he is, actually. Probably like seven feet. I once worked with a guy who was, I'm not even joking, like seven or eight feet. It
0: felt so tall. And I was like, <laughs> I can't. Tall people, man. Attention seekers. It's They're too just like much. all they want's attention. Right? That's all they want.
1: <laughs> so one of the men supposedly said, I declare, some old Indian has been buried here. Oh. It's old timey <laughs> we, talk. I don't know. Turned to stone and that's it. Yeah. So now After they found this 10 foot tall man, the news started to spread like crazy through Cardiff and hundreds of amateur archaeologists and spectacle seekers headed to the tent um, that Newell had set up. Mm. So he set up a tent over the giant, apparently, Mm -hmm. to they were like, we got to see what's going on over here. And it was such a sensation that men left their jobs and women caught up with their babies and children in numbers. They all hurried to the scene where the interest of that little community centered. Oh, yeah. In a so, small town,
0: things like this will shut down they're the like, whole place. What
1: is happening? <laughs> yeah. They're like a, a stone man, 10 feet tall. <laughs> what? And it's <laughs> sign us up again. It's 1869. Probably nothing is happening. Nothing is happening. You don't have your phones. No. Everyone's whispering to each other. Yes. So they run. This was hot shit. Oh, yeah. So it sounds like maybe Cardiff was already known for its like fossil deposits in the area. So a lot of people assumed that the body was an ancient man that had been petrified by the waters of a nearby swamp.
0: Oh, yeah. Well.
1: So like stone
0: statue. We've heard of, like, bog bodies,
1: right? They kind of do that. Ooh, that kind of gives me the creeps. Yeah. Ooh. And uh, early examinations appear to confirm this theory. So Syracuse Space Science confirmed this theory. Syracuse Space Science lecture later declared that the giant was not a man, but rather a statue possibly carved by French J-suites. I don't know what that is. centuries earlier. Mm. Statue carvers? Sure. Artists. I don't know. Yeah. So, uh, artists. <laughs> William Newell, as everything was getting all crazy, he was, he was just like, I'm just a humble farmer. I like don't even know what to do with all this attention. Right. And he even vowed that he would just rebury the giant and forget about it. He's like, this is just too much. Yeah. And he told his neighbors that... It's just going to go back in the ground unless something convinces him that this discovery might have some historical value or something, you know? Yes. So this prehistoric man was just all the rage. Nothing had quite made the news like this ever in the world. In So a New York headline in the Syracuse Daily Standard said, A new wonder. And another paper had the headline, A singular discovery. Ooh, these once in a lifetime, super exciting discoveries. So there's an amazing photo of them, like pulling the giant from the ground. And it's so awesome. I'll have to show you, but it's like, they've set up this like balance beam thing. So they could like, what is it called? Like pulley it up, you know? Yeah. And so he's like floating out and he's huge compared to all these people. So it looks insane. And then the crowds just continued to grow over at William's house. And so he ended up covering the giant with the white tent and he began charging people 50 cents for admission. Heck yeah. Yeah. And around two thousand, He knows how to monetize. Right? He's like, if you're going to be on my property, you got to pay me for it. Okay. (laughs) So around 2,500 people came during the first week. Wow. So that's like $1,250 made. And that, in today's money, is like $27,279 Amazing! in one
0: week. That's amazing.
1: That's incredible. So he also had offers to buy the giant, and he kept brushing them off until a man. So George Hull, H-U-L-L, nice. he arrived. And after meeting with him, he decided, you know what? It's time to cash in on this giant. I can't just have him in my ground. I can't yeah. even have my well here if he's back in the ground, okay? <laughs> he's really interfering with my farm life. <laughs> so once a group of businessmen offered $30,000 for three-four steak. What? I'm like, what, does he get a fourth of the steak? So any profits they make off of it, maybe he gets some? I don't know. Yeah, sounds like it. But he decided that it was time to sell, and that's the equivalent of... today.
0: Nice. Woof. Sell. Sell, sell, sell. Then over the next
1: few weeks, even more experts came to Cardiff to inspect the new wonder. Uh, New York State geologist James Hall and Rochester University professor Henry Ward were among many to throw their weight behind the statue theory Mm -mm. they're like i'm here to tell you statue right okay yeah that's what i thought yeah so Hull called it the most remarkable object yet brought to light in our country (laughs) he's really going bold here right but a whole nother group of people were convinced that this was a petrified man i love that story i want it to be that right and then there was a small group of people who were beginning to grow a little suspicious of the discovery's authenticity. Oh shit! But like, how would you get this huge man into the ground with anyone noticing? Like, without you anybody, might ask, yeah, right? So it there was some suspicious things. Okay, it it's a little suspicious that this massive man was found right where the well was being dug. Yeah. I mean, stuff like this does happen. Yeah,
0: like coincidence, yeah.
1: But locals also remembered seeing George, the man who came and met with, what's his face? The landowner. (laughs) The landowner, William. Uh, They had seen him, they had seen George transport a massive crate through Cardiff a year earlier. Huh. Yeah. Dinks. And reporters learned that William Newell had transferred a large amount of cash to George immediately after selling the giant. Oh no. Mm. So apparently the question just kept pile- the questions just kept piling up. Then that November, when the new owners took it on the road and exhibited it to thousands of spectators in Syracuse and Albany, they were just like, we're taking this and we're making money off of it. And even in a mining engineer came forward and said that uh, gypsum, which is a soft sulfate material that is often mined and used for fertilizer, so this is what the statue was made of, hmm. and would have deterior- deteriorated quickly in the soggy soil of the Williams farm.
0: Oh, so they're saying it wasn't
1: there for very like, long. Mm. So an even bigger blow to the discovery was a famed uh, paleontologist Oth- Nathaniel? Charles? Marsh? Ross Geller? Nathaniel? I don't know. (laughs) Othaniel? I think it's Nathaniel. (laughs) Apparently, only needed a passing glance at the giant to pronounce it of very recent origin.
0: And most decided humbug. Ugh. I love people who are just like, they... They say the authenticity of things, like documents and art. Humbug. That's Humbug. Yep. From a scale of one to Humbug, it's Humbug. Right?
1: But just a day after, so just a day after Marsha's inspection, where he just like barely glanced and he was like, very recent origin, trash. (laughs) (laughs) It's seriously like the uh, antiques roadshow. They're like, my, this has been passed through my whole family. And everyone says that it was from the great king, Philip."
0: The <gasps> I was going to say Philip. Yeah, I love it. I had one ready to go. And they're like, think of one. Nope, this was made 20 years ago. I know. You know what pisses me off about those shows? What? Because those people bring those in. They're like, This is a family heirloom and I'm a dick and I'm selling it. I'm the one who's making it out of the family. Totally. I'm like, Why do you get to decide that this family heirloom that's been with you for generations now gets to go be at the right? show? What? Well, not
1: all of them do sell. You know, they maybe just, like, they just want to know. Okay, fine. I'll allow it. I mean, if you're watching
0: Pawn Stars. Yeah, it's Pawn Stars. They're like, I, this is, I don't want this anymore. And yeah, they're like, yes. And we usually do watch Pawn Stars. That's so good. I know, we love the <laughs> Chewy. Oh, they're all so fun. Yes. So, after his
1: inspection, where he brushes it off, uh, the circus man and showman, P.T. Barnum... <gasps> viewed the giant. You know him. Do you know him? Have I you know seen him. The Greatest Showman? <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. So viewed the giant in Syracuse and he tried to buy it for $60,000. So double what these people bought it for. Wow. But he was turned down. So he decided he was just going to commission a sculptor to build an exact replica. Wow, that sounds like the P.T. Barnum I know. Right? <laughs> and he began displaying it at a a manhattan museum as the real thing and then in the ads for his exhibition there were questions like what is it a statue is it a petrification is it a stupendous fraud is it the remains
0: of a former race whoa those are all exciting options you decide (laughs) if i pick it's a petrified man it's
1: a choose your own adventure. That's so, I love a choose your own adventure statue. It's so good. So more this, merch ideas, right? So this drew giant crowds to P.T. Barnum, and it even started to outsell the original, which is wild. And when it finally arrived in New York that December, like it, it started to outsell the original when it arrived in New York that December. So the guy who built the fake one ended up making several other copies, and by the end of the year, a half dozen Cardiff Giants were being exhibited (laughs) around the country.
0: So now it's like they flood the market. Yeah. And now it's like, now they all have lost their value. Good job. Yeah.
1: Everyone's like, I've got to have my own Cardiff Giant. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know what would look great in our backyard, dear? (laughs) I'm just so jealous because Peggy has a card of giant and I don't have one.
0: <laughs> I think we need two card of giants <laughs> if we want to outdo the Jensens next door. Uh, so all these fraud- frauds are
1: floating around claiming to be the original. How upsetting! I'm pissed. But unfortunately, people were being victimized by a fraud upon a fraud. Mm. Apparently, people in the last. Half of the 1800s loved messing with each other's heads. And Smithsonian Magazine article I read said it was a weird transitional time to be alive. And as the revolution changed the world uh, regularly... There was a great taste for novelty-inspired, newly available products and experiences. And so during this time, hoaxes flourished, and it was the golden age of hoaxes.
0: You know what? It makes sense, because it was like a very depressing time.
1: They are bored as shit. And they needed a distraction. Absolutely. They're like, what are we even doing with our lives if we're not falling for a trick, okay? (laughs) So... The Cardiff Giant became one of the 19th century's most elaborate hoaxes, and it was George Hull who first came up with the idea in his head. George,
0: in, you dick, right? In 18- George, you dick, Hull,
1: <laughs> George Hull, the dick Hull. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they called him. It was all over the place. It had a nice ring to it. It really did. So jo- George was a cigar maker by trade, and he was a staunch atheist and skeptic, and he went on a business trip to Iowa and got in a big debate debate with a revivalist preacher. And apparently this debate made him uh, like taken back because the preacher had a very literalist reading of the bible Mm. and there was a particular passage from the book of genesis that stated there were giants in the earth in those days oh yeah so after this big debate he just laid in bed and he couldn't believe it and he wondered how he would be able to dupe the faithful by making a stone giant and passing it off as a petrified man
0: (laughs) great yep good idea
1: and so he thought that if he could do this well enough, that he would be able to strike a blow against religion and hopefully make a lot of money doing so.
0: Hey, two
1: birds, one stone. Right? So over the next two years, he spent around $3,000 in an attempt to make the said giant, Gosh, which that's a lot of money for the time. a lot of money. So he traveled to Fort Dodge, Iowa, and he bought a five-ton block of gypsum and he apparently told the people who's buying it from uh who he's buying it from or something that it was it would be used for a statue of the late Abraham Lincoln
0: gorgeous they're yeah. like love that journey like, for oh. you Abraham Lincoln am I, I, I right I love Honest Abe <laughs> what a beloved character and he's like I'm doing anything but honesty over here <laughs> <laughs> wow using Honest Abe as a beard for Ugh. your
1: fraud <laughs>
0: Beard. As an Abraham Lincoln weird beard. <laughs> weird beard. Uh, so then he
1: shipped the giant block to Chicago to a mar- marble dealer. dealer. I can't say What are you?
0: What are you dealing? Marble Marble.
1: Dealing. Marble dealing. Who agreed to help with the scheme in exchange for some money, of some of the profits. And then even better, George himself posed as a model for the pair of sculptors. <laughs> And they spent the late summer of 1868 making the gypsum w- were into... Were they like,
0: wait, does that giant kind of look like George to
1: you guys? <laughs> They're like, wait, wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> well, just wait. Let's see if I can find this thing, because it's great. Making the gypsum into an artifactual anthropolog- anthropological wonder. So the statue... uh. They molded it into the shape that it ended up being a naked man laying Mm -hmm. on his back with his right arm grasping at his stomach, one leg crossed over the other, and the face had a mysterious half-smile. But did he
0: pose for this? Whoa, that's a dick. That's a dick. (laughs) And all the ribs are showing. I have lots of questions. If you're going to make a statue, why not make him doing a cool pose? You don't think that's a cool pose? Uh, no, he looks like he's holding his wee-wee, and then he's got his <laughs> hand behind his back like he's going to poop his pants. <laughs> it does look like he's going to poop his pants. And his knees are, like, bent like he's... While he's, he's holding his pee in. <laughs> yes. It's very strange. He just ate Taco Bell. He doesn't feel well. He has
1: the shits real bad. <laughs> yeah. It was George after he ate Taco Bell. They're like, that's how he was standing. What was the Taco Bell of the time, do you think, mm. in 1867?
0: Uh, we did this last week. We were talking about Gruul? porridge and gruel. <laughs> <laughs> it was an know.
1: oily gruel
0: made Ew, with. It was <laughs> oily. <laughs> I didn't they make it. They had squirrels on like a spit oh, over a fire. That's what it was.
1: There you go. So that's what he looked like. And then what they did to make it look more aged was they doused the exterior with sulfuric acid, and it gave it, like, the eroded type look. uh uh-huh. Yeah. And then George even drove – this is extensive, okay? George even drove pins into the body to give it the look of skin pores. Stupid. <laughs> yeah. And then in the end, the statues stood more than 10 feet tall, and it weighed almost 3,000 pounds. Wow. Yeah.
0: Just why go to all the
1: trouble? <laughs> yeah. So now that this amazing giant statue is made, he needs to figure out where he wants to put it yes. to be found. So he went to William Newell, who was a distant relative and farmer, and he basically swore him to secrecy and you know made a deal with him that he would get part of the profits or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then he shipped the giant in an iron-sealed box Great. Which seems so insane.
0: Can you imagine how expensive that would be to ship? So much money. And iron? Yeah. Iron's not cheap. And the thing weighs 3,000 pounds.
1: Yeah. Uh, So I guess he just thought because it was a small town and maybe there would be, like, I don't know, less onlookers. Maybe. That, of this giant thing being transported or something. But... Then it was said that on a chilly night in November, 1868, uh, they
0: buried it near the barn, which digging a hole is not easy. Especially a 10 foot, at least three feet deep, because that's how... Minimally. It's like. Yeah, it's pretty intense. That's so
1: much. No tractors. No. But yeah, so it's a giant freaking hole. And they even wedged it underneath some roots. Oh. So it looked like it was, had been there Like, under the dirt for centuries. They
0: really did the most. They really
1: did. He's like, I'm going to show this preacher what is up. (laughs)
0: Seriously. And the
1: preacher's probably just like, see, there were giants. I don't know. (laughs) So there's no way they could have done that digging in one night, right?
0: No, no, there's really no way. I feel like they
1: had to have started digging. Unless they had, like, 20 people. Totally. So I feel like they had to start, like, digging... Way before they buried it. Yes. I don't know. But where are they storing it in the meantime is my question. In the barn?
0: I don't know. (laughs) Maybe.
1: Well, apparently after they finished burying it, George went back to his home and kept working on his cigar business. And then after a year, he wrote to William and told him that it was time to resurrect the giant. And then cue the discovery, George coming to chat with him, deciding it was time to sell, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Then, by the early 1870s, it had turned from a subject of fascination to a subject of ridicule. Because everyone knows now. It's Mm -hmm. fake. And there were people who were still fighting for the fact that it was a really old artifact. But there were more and more things popping up all over the place. uh, And more facts that it was hard to deny that it was real and then uh or deny that it was fake and then even george started publicly bragging about having engineered the hoax
0: what a stupid idiot i
1: know he's like it was me (laughs) i know just like what a waste of time right and then it all finally fell apart that february when the newspapers printed confessions from the chicago sculptors
0: Hey, you know what? Nobody ever confesses to things like this. Right? So that's kind <laughs> of a big deal.
1: Hashtag brave. Bravery of those Chicago sculptors. And it said that the people who bought the American Goliath, they kept exhibiting it for a few years after that. And the crowds just started to decrease more and more over yeah, time. Yeah,
0: like, oh, cool.
1: Yeah. But by 1880, it went into storage in a barn in Massachusetts. And it sounds like it even got owned by a bunch of different people, and even toured the Carnival Circuit. And then it was eventually sold to the Farmers Museum in Cooperstown, New York, which I believe it's still on display there.
0: Oh, hey, cool. Mm -hmm.
1: And then I also believe that the unauthorized copy made by P.T. Barnum is also still being displayed at Marvin's Marvelous Mechanical Museum in Farmington Hills, Michigan. Cool, let's go. So cool. So George made so much money with this hoax. I think he, I think he alone made a total of twenty thousand dollars off the giant. Nice. So he, of course, thought maybe he could do it again oh because it was such a giant, giant <laughs> success, success the first time. So he, in eighteen seventy-seven, he built a seven-foot-tall giant with a tail, and he buried it in Colorado. And apparently, this one didn't work out as well. Well, yeah,
0: they're like, bro, you already did this. Right? You think because this one has a tail, we're going to fall for it? Exactly. Again? But it was quickly exposed as
1: a hoax, and he lost a lot of money. And so then it dumb. said that he died in obscurity in 1902. Wow, what an idiot. Yeah. But he was always proud to the day he died that he once fooled the world with the Cardiff giant. And the Cardiff Giant remains one of the nineteenth century's America's most famous hoaxes.
0: Wow, congratulations, man.
1: There you go. You've done it. There is the story of the Cardiff Giant. (laughs) The weird naked giant (laughs) who lying in the ground who had diarrhea who George posed for. (laughs) Do you think he laid naked on the ground? He must have. And they're like carving and he's like, no, bigger, bigger on the That's so penis. That's I was just <laughs>
0: thinking. They're like, it's big and stiff.
1: Definitely. Maybe he had a <laughs> raging boner the whole time. For Taco Bell. So my sources for this were a history.com article, The Cardiff Giant Fools the Nation, 145 years ago by Evan Andrews. And a Smithsonian mag.com article, The Cardiff Giant was just a big hoax." By kat eshnir and wikipedia love it there you go
0: wild wonderful all the hoaxes um we do have an email do. do you want me to read it yes okay so it says hi girls i have been listening to you since day one and i love your podcast and i recommend it to everyone who mentions true crime to me thank you Christ. truly even if people are like I'm not a big true crime person. Make them listen. Make them listen, because I feel like there's enough weird, random stuff that it doesn't feel too heavy. Right. It doesn't. Okay. Um, You don't know me, but I know both of you through other people, so I feel like I know you both. (laughs) Cool. So after listening to last week's episode and you mentioned lost driver's licenses and misplaced debit cards, it reminded me of this story. She says I'm a runner and generally generally run with other people and I used to do a lot of running on my own. This incident took place back in the early 2010 before smartphones were popular. Um, when I went running by myself, I like to carry my driver's license in case, in case you get pulled over for running too fast. Ew.
1: Yeah. I've actually had
0: that happen because I am a very speedy runner. <laughs> you ran past the speed limit <laughs> sign and it was like, whoa, ma'am. Yeah. And, and the they're way- like, you know why I had to stop you? <laughs> I was like, because I'm so damn fast. <laughs> and they're like, yes, you got to slow down. It's dangerous. <laughs> Might <laughs> run over a child with those speedy feet. Oh, she says she grabs it in case you know someone grabbed me, murdered me, and left me to die in a ditch. The cops would be able to identify my body. I love it. <laughs> I love it. That's good thinking. I went another way with it, but I like what you said better. Okay. Um, so she says, she went. I went out on a run early Saturday morning and put my driver's license down inside of my sports bra, which as a woman, hopefully you can understand why it's making quite a useful pocket. Absolutely. Yes. Most days it's my only pocket. Yes. So she says, after my run, I came home and jumped right into Saturday things, one of which was my husband and I going to the bank. Exciting. Yes. Um, While I was there, the teller asked for my license, and I opened my wallet, and it was not there. After a few seconds of wondering where it could be, it dawned on me. I had to pull my license out of my cleavage in the middle of the bank, and I was so embarrassed. (gasps) I've never used my cleavage to store my driver's license again. (laughs) I think it's the perfect place. It really is. So she says, thanks for the great podcast. I thoroughly enjoyed listening. Megan Fox, not the actress. I love it. I think we've had an email from her before. I love it. So funny. Oh my gosh. Uh,
1: My friend sent me a TikTok today that was talking about how a girl always has a charged earbud in her ear. And she's like... You better believe that if I go get kidnapped or something, I'm swallowing this AirPod and I'm hoping my family's smart enough
0: to track down the last location
1: <laughs> of my AirPod. So like,
0: smart. Genius. You are smart. I thought she was going to be like, if my hands are tied, I can be like, hey, Siri. And then your thing will be like, hmm? Yeah. <laughs> you say, Call 911. I was like, maybe
1: you just take an AirTag and you just store it in an orifice, orifice somewhere. Oh, yeah. Any orifice will yeah. work.
0: Like, find me. (laughs) Find my orifice. That's what the app is called. (laughs) Husbands everywhere. (laughs) They're just hunting you down for your orifice tag. good lord <laughs> oh my gosh you guys please send us your
1: emails at gloom and bloom podcast at gmail.com mm-hmm. we love to hear from you and guys. follow us
0: on instagram we officially have over a thousand followers yes Ayo! Ayo! it was the best day ever also you
1: guys we have some funny ridiculous absurd comment content on there We actually got a message from someone who said, No single Instagram page makes me as uncomfortable and grossed out as the things you share.
0: That's a glowing review.
1: Thank you, and so gross. (laughs) And I have never felt more honored in my lifetime. Yes. Like...
0: I Like, I don't think I'd be more honored receiving an Academy Award. No, yes. Uh, Everything we post is just a quick little glimpse inside mine and Taylor's brain. And it's weird up in there. Yeah. Especially Taylor's taste. Oh, yeah. Well, someone sent us
1: this week uh, hands.
0: <laughs> hands
1: that had feet and butts. <laughs> And they said, I just thought of you. And I said, oh, my gosh, I've never that been That reminded me of
0: Spy Kids when, like, the hands. Yes. But they were so weird.
1: But And then my my friend responded to that same message and said, because I posted it on Sunday, and she's like, it's the Lord's Day. <laughs> Why don't you
0: post this? Be oh, more
1: mindful yeah. of how about. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> I so, love it. Uh, yeah, thanks, guys. Uh Please uh follow us on Instagram, follow us on Facebook, mm-hmm. rate, review, subscribe, tell your friends, tell, tell your family, tell your hairdresser, tell your lovers, mm,
0: all of them. Yeah. All your lovers. Tell hey, your sister what are wives. you on bumble or uh <laughs> grinder? Grinder or <laughs> Tinder? Tinder or any of those LDS singles. Christian all oh, what's it called? Farmers only. <clears throat> Farmers only. Uh so many fish. What is that one called? Uh, fish, many fish in the sea, something like that. Uh, Tell them, yeah. Ashley Madison, even you
1: pair up with someone, and you're like, I'm not really interested in you, but do you know what you
0: might be interested in? <laughs> <laughs> it's a great way to let down your date easily. Then they'll look at our Instagram, and they will never want to see you again. Yeah, they're like, I'm
1: not. Hi, not interested. But I know something you would be interested in. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love it uh, but yeah uh, that's all we have for you and uh, don't be fooled into doing more than you need this week do less God bless House. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>